Welcome to Mind Over Matter with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. I share stories of insight, personal experience, ways in which I and others have overcome obstacles, and the importance of perseverance. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am thrilled to have you here on my podcast, tuning in weekly as I share two episodes with you. My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Let's dive in. This week, we're on episode 131, and we're talking all about going from getting fired to being inspired. Welcome to this week's podcast interview. I brought on Jimmy Everett. Jimmy, welcome. How are you? Good. I actually, so I reached out to Jimmy. We are Facebook friends, but I had been watching his vlogging, his daily vlogging for a while. And then I reached out and I was like, all right, you're inspiring and you're motivating. I want to learn more. So before we dive into that, give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I, uh, I live in Lakewood, Colorado. Uh, I'm a mortgage lender. Um, I've been in that industry for a little over a year. Um, prior to that, was in consulting for a group of bars and nightclubs. Um, I've been in Colorado since 2008. I've around quite a bit prior to that. Nice. So, but let, let's backtrack a little bit before this whole mortgage lending thing. You were doing the consulting, but, you know, what was life like then? Okay, so I arrived in Denver in 2008, right as the market crashed, all jobs started disappearing, um, and I found myself uh, bartending and then eventually managing a a number of bars, Um, and it was one of those situations where I'm in my early 30s, I don't really know, I I thought I knew what career I was going to go into when I got out of the military, but that didn't work out, so I'm, I'm getting promoted to these different positions within the bars, and next thing you know, I'm in charge of a large number of them. And the, the, the standards are how bars work. I mean, if you get a bar to run at about 70%, you're doing pretty good. And I'm not a 70% mindset person. Um, I, I get stuck on needing, you know, 100%, which I know is impossible. And so I, I literally over a handful of years drove myself insane trying to get 70 to, to 100 what does that mean for those of us that have never worked in the industry? What does that even mean? So, okay. So if you are, um, I get off on a weird track. So I had a tough time. I had no self-awareness after about year four or five of running bars. I lost all self-awareness of what the expectations, a bartender, a server, a manager at a bar has for themselves. Right. Because, for a, you know, a cocktail server or a bartender, show up to work, make my money, go home. And sometimes they're in a good mood and they work really hard and they do it well. And sometimes it, it's just a cocktail job. So they're going to come in, they're going to go through the motions, they're going to go home. I somehow made this, this, it's almost hilarious to think about it now, but I made this mistake of, of making these bars, these establishments, my life's work. And so for someone, for a bartender to have the audacity to come into my life's work and not care frustrated me. And again, that lack of self-awareness, I could never back off and realize it's just a bar. 
it's just a bar. It's making money. People are here. People are having a good time. Like, let it be. It was never, it was just never good enough for me. I was, I was like the parent whose, whose kid could never run fast enough for him. And instead of just accepting the fact that that's as fast as my kid can run, I was like, you're useless to me. You can't, you can't run any faster than that. So in hindsight, can you look back now and realize why, why were you in that mindset then that nobody could reach your expectations, but you are a high achiever. So, so uh, I think to, to answer that, I'd have to backtrack a little farther if that's okay with you. Uh, so at 18 years old, I am a two time high school dropout and I was an overachieving screw up. Uh, fortunately was able to join the Navy get my diploma. And, and by the time I get out of the Navy at 26, uh, I had a group of, of guys in the Navy that really held me accountable and helped raise me per se. When I got to college at 26, I realized that the only thing that could limit me was me. And so if I worked and I applied myself, I would get, and, and again, you talk about self-awareness and not knowing any better. My failure in high school meant that I had to get A's in college. I had to, didn't matter. Now, we both know I could have gotten C's all through college and it wouldn't make any difference for me, you know, right now as far as jobs or marketing and those things, but had to have it. And in the environment I was in, in those bars, I, I could be as hard on me as I wanted to. But when I spread that to others, it wasn't fair because their expectations of what they were doing in that job were not the same expectations as I had for that job. And they shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have been. So that that realization that I I thrive in a scenario where I can hold myself accountable and I can learn from my mistakes and if I, if I show up late to something, I can kick myself in the butt for it. If I miss something, whatever the case may be, the only person to hold accountable is me. I don't, I don't have to look for anybody else. I don't have to look for any employee that works for me, any teammate. It's, it's on me. That's where I thrive, and that's what I lost in that environment. So what it sounds like is you went from one extreme to the other, high school dropout, probably not giving two shits about class and grades, maybe weren't even showing up, to the whole other end of the spectrum of trying to control an, an 110% effort in order to succeed. So how have you now gone from, do you feel that you're more balanced or where are you on the spectrum now? I think that where I am on the spectrum is that I, I recognize that I have those tendencies because in, in the back of my mind, I have this fear that I will go back to being this lazy, unproductive person that I was as a teenager. Logically, I know that will never happen, but emotionally, it's still there. Like that kid still wants to lay on the couch and, and watch TV every now and again. I got I to gotta fight them off. The realization is that you can have expectations for yourself and you can talk about those expectations and you can talk to people who understand those expectations, but you can't force them on anyone else, regardless of what field, right? I mean, I could have been a, a neurosurgeon and if I'm working with other people who just don't care as much as I do, I'm, I'm going to have the same exact problems just on a far more significant level. So where, I, where I'm at and why I'm on this, this point of the spectrum is just the, the self-awareness that I can only control 
to an extent controls an illusion, but I can only control me. I can only determine what I uh, achieve each day, what I strive to accomplish. Uh, I love my industry as an example, because I, I help people buy homes, but I don't force people to buy homes. I don't wake up in the morning and, you know, I need to call Bill because Bill has to buy a house today. If Bill wants to buy a house today, here are the steps. I'm going to make sure you get there, but it's on, it's on him at the end of the day, whether he buys a house or or not is going to come down to the decisions he makes, not, not necessarily the decisions I make. And that's, uh, that feels really good. So let's go back a year ago when you left your job or got, got, got fired. Okay. I didn't know. Okay. So you got fired. I know what that's like. I actually, I got fired from a job once and it was humiliating and there were a lot of things I went through, but you turn that around from, okay, holy shit. I just got fired. I was kind of an asshole to how did you turn it around and rebrand yourself? So there was a certain point in my last industry where I was so angry all the time. And it's weird because it was only within the confines of of those structures. Outside of it, different human being. But at work, I would show up and nothing was good enough. And I was, I, I equated to being the emotionally abusive husband. I said the worst things to the people that were they're useless. I don't freaking need you. I don't, you know, always the worst. And then would come back. I'm sorry. I, you know, and it was so bad for, for so long. I tried to minimize it in my, in my own head, but I, it was, it was a couple of years. It was three years of me just constantly. Yeah. And by the time I realized what am I doing? This is madness and tried to change it. It was too late. Right? The, the damage had been done. So it didn't matter if I attempted to come in and be the, you know, hey, how is everybody going? It's still, you're going to yell at us at some point. You're going to blow up and be pissed off. And it also didn't matter if the issue was significant or not. If I got upset at managers for not watching the floor, which wasn't, you know, the end of the world, they couldn't separate that conversation from me getting heated because they got drunk and had eight to 10 shots on a shift, right? They thought they were equal. So when I got, when, when I was fired and, and I should have been, because you can't be that way with people for that extended a period of time and expect to keep your job. Uh, and, I, and I knew it, I knew it all along. Uh, it was almost a relief because I had thought about leaving for a long time. I just didn't know how. How do you write a resume saying, I, I, ran, I ran bars and nightclubs for a decade, essentially. How do I, you know, and people would say, well, you led people and you manage numbers. And you, it doesn't matter. And at some point, I walked around a bar and said, you over poured that drink or you need to clean out that ashtray. Like, it's not exactly corporate America transition. So I get fired and I'm leaving the office and I'm, I'm amazed because I, I truly did not think that this company would ever fire me because keeping talent is a very challenging subject. And when I was on my game, I consider myself a very talented person there. Uh, so I'm leaving and I'm at first I'm terrified, but then I realized, wait a minute, I'm never going to have to work the type of schedule or routine that I worked there. I'm never going to have to explain to people what I do for a living as thoroughly and as painfully as I do. Um, Dating will be, will be 
easier. Uh, family time will be easier. My phone won't ring. You know, it's funny in lending, people are like, man, you answer your phone at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah, I answer my phone at eight o'clock on a Saturday night because I used to have to answer my phone at four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. So, I, I mean, call me at eight o'clock, that's nothing. Um, and then the idea that leaving there, I was very aware that I never wanted people to feel that way about me ever again. Whatever I had to do, I knew chances are, and there are a lot of people in that industry that I knew for a decade that don't want to talk to me and don't want to be around me. And I get it. I, I completely get it. But I wanted to make sure I never created that feeling again. Because for the other 30 years of my 40-year existence, I was always the person that would come around the corner and people would, hey, it's Jimmy. And for those, I would say four or five of, of the 10 years that I was there, it was, hey, everybody, Jimmy's in the building. You know, act, act accordingly. The dick is here. So that's. So you got an opportunity to start again. And, and rather, I, I think it's pretty amazing that you were in the mindset of, okay, you know what? Like I, I kind of get a redo. I, I get to create this new persona and you started this daily vlogging. So what's that all about? So I, uh, when I started in, in lending, uh, which is what I, I do for a living. It's not necessarily who I am. Um, I knew I wanted a career in which, and a lifestyle in which I would meet as many people from my personal sphere as I would my professional. I needed to be around good-natured, energetic people. And so on my 40th birthday, uh, April 27th last year, um, I just made a video and I talked about uh, a quote that my, the CEO of my company had, had mentioned um, and then a, a portion of my favorite poem. And it was just kind of a like, uh, uh, it was just me essentially talking to myself. Hey, if it, if it connects with you, awesome. But like we can achieve anything. We can, we can overcome anything. We can recreate ourselves. And I liked it. Now, when I started, I thought I'm going to make these so that more people more people see me as a mortgage lender. And so the second or third video, I started it with, Hey, it's Jimmy, your favorite lender. And I was like, I was like, okay, so let's not do that again. That was terrible. And then I don't know, third or fourth video, I ended it with, Hey, if you know anybody who wants to, you know, buy, sell or refi. And I thought same thing, like, I hate that. And then all of a sudden I just realized I, I just like talking about something I'm learning or something I'm experiencing good and bad. Right. Cause there's times where I talk about my, my own failures or my own frustrations. So I, I do that. And at first it was kind of, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you're very vulnerable and you're like, man, I just said something in 60 seconds. Whew, it felt really good. And you get seven likes and your mom comments with a thumbs up, right? I mean, you're like, okay, all right, deaf ears. And so it's, it's both vulnerable and extremely humble. But I kept doing them. And I kept doing them because for whatever reason, regardless of the response I got, they just felt good. And the more I owned my own reality and my own behaviors and acknowledge this is who I was, this is who I, I can be at times in life, the better it became. But the likes and the comments didn't come. And I thought, God, 
maybe I am, I am literally the person at a college radio station doing my midnight radio show and no one is listening to it. And then all of a sudden I get a text from an old Navy buddy and I get a phone call from a, a high school friend. And then I get a Facebook message from a buddy Tabor that I went to high school with that I hadn't talked to in 22 years saying, I don't know when you started making these, but they're awesome and keep doing it. And I start reconnecting with all these people. And then likes and comments beget likes and comments. So people started liking and they started commenting and I truly felt appreciation for those comments. So I would respond. Thank you. That's so incredible. You know, anything that resonates. And they, a lot of these people would share their thoughts, which would then turn into private message conversations that would then turn into other videos. I was like, that's really good. You hit on that. Would you mind if I, if I use that? So I have heard forever. I'm kind of sides up here for a second. I've heard forever words like manifestation and positive energy and affirmations and uh, and being in tune. And I always thought it was smoke. I mean, I thought it was like, okay, I hear it. And I know some people try it, but it's, but I, I get it because that's what happened. Once I started putting out that energy, people started responding with it. And if they didn't, if they started responding with negative energy, it was so easy to just, it just, it became my own personal miracle. It's, I mean, there's no other way I could put it. So the now today, because part of that, you were seeking external validation. And I know what it's like to put content out and think, okay, is anyone watching? Is anyone listening? Am I talking to myself? But now that, that you're getting the feedback and, and it's lighting you up because you feel that you're helping and inspiring and motivating others, what do you think this will turn into? So I think I am, I think I am dipping my toe into an ocean. Um, I think that like a flat earther that can't see the curve, um, I, I think that I can't fathom how how big or how small this will be um i i want to i want to get back into i enjoy writing so i want to write about some of my experiences and some of the experiences that have been shared with me Um, i would like to be a part of um, speaking in in different engagements and, and getting a chance to interact with with people because more than anything what i've learned from these videos is that we're all interrelated uh, success and failure, happiness, sadness, like no human being has perfected life. And so, you know, I could, I could talk on 10 different topics and in one of those 10 topics, chances are one of them is going to going to touch you where you're like, Oh, okay. I can, I can relate to that. Um, so I, I, I truly feel like I'm, I'm in such the beginning stages of this that I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. And I'm just kind of going through the blind spots and figuring out uh, I've always wanted to, to motivate people and motivate myself. Um, I've always wanted to be kind of a beacon of light. I got away from that for 10 years, which is part of the reason this has become so important to me. Uh, so I'm a lot of people ask me that question. And this, this rambling that I'm doing right now is literally what goes on in my head on a constant basis. Like, what do I want from this and where is it going? I don't, yeah. I don't know yet. Well, then I have to ask you a final question on that note. What is your main driver in these vlogs? 
if I can give, if I can find a little bit of inner peace, I think that it allows me to help others find theirs. Um, even, even a little bit, right. I, I'm, I'm no, <laughs> none of us are, are saving the next person, but um, it, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to be a good person. And we talk about being a good person. We wear shirts that say be a good person, but it's a, it's a really good feeling to be a good person. It's a good feeling when you have a conversation with a stranger that you don't know anything to them. They don't know anything to you, but you just kind of listen and you, you take what they, what they have to say and you, you truly care. And then they say, you're incredible that you would, you know, listen to a stranger's problems and talk through it with them. That feels really good. And I don't know if I was in that mental space earlier in life. Like I think all of these things had to happen for me to be where I am. And like I said, this is just tip, dipping the toe. Oh, I don't yeah. know where it goes. Um, I, I will say this. A lot of people want to give me advice on what this should become. And they all, oh, you got to, you, know, you should do this or you should get into this. And I listen to it with a grain of salt, but I also understand that, that they don't understand. This isn't about, it's very common in my industry. People say, well, you got to talk about mortgage lending at some point. You got to talk about your business at some point. And that's not what these videos are, are about. So I'm still working through those pieces and what that, what that means. But in the meantime, if I can just, I can just connect with other human beings yeah. and get them to see that they are truly never alone. I think, I think I've done my, my part for that day. Yeah. My only advice to you is to keep following your gut and to keep doing those good feeling things. I agree with that. I'd love to wrap up this interview. I have a few rapid fire questions for you. What is a quote or motto that you live by? I am in search of my ideal self. Um, mantra. Ooh, uh, we will, we will chase perfection knowing all the while that we cannot, we will never catch it for perfection is impossible, but in the pursuit of perfection, we will catch excellence. I misquoted that. That's Vince Lombardi. And I, I love me some Vince. Yeah, no, that was a long one. That's awesome. Um, what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Ooh, uh, I'm right now I'm in the midst in the middle of the miracle morning because I suck at mornings. Um, I, I should say I am, I'm slowly improving at mornings. There you go. Slowly improving. By the time I die, I'll be great at them. Um, miracle morning and the five second rule. I'm blanking on the author for some odd reason. No, Robbins. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome book. That book is so long and the whole thing is all about literally don't hesitate that whenever you feel the hesitation, just go. I get on audible times two and I just yeah. have her yelling at me. Yeah, that, that book could count to five. So it was like made for me. <laughs> Perfect. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Relax. Just breathe, relax, and move forward. If you, whenever I get anxiety, I know I get anxiety because it's something I'm not doing, something I'm pushing off. So when you feel anxiety, move move forward, work on, it doesn't matter what project, doesn't matter what you need, just move. And the, the other piece of advice I would give myself 
is the worst case scenario, again, short of death, the worst case scenario is never that bad. It's never that bad. Yes. Great note to end on. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as heather.hakes. And I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.